Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is 4.42 p.m. Eastern on Monday, April 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. That's not a babbling brook in the background. If you can hear it, that is Cookie drinking the shit out of her water. Um, taking a little late afternoon work break to deliver to you the podcasting that you don't really want, but reluctantly stay subscribed to. Um few things to talk about. Obviously, uh, the big news was that uh, the eighth hour went off uh, presumably without a hitch. <clears throat> uh, um, um, the fact that I'm not deeply, deeply miserable about it tells me that it probably went very well. The feedback was very good. Uh, so, that's uh, by this weekend I will look at the footage. I was told by Dana, who recorded it for me, that everything uh, turned out good. Um, so I will watch that this weekend, uh, possibly on Good Friday, probably taking the day off from work for the Lord, but also to review Canned Hint. Um, so I will look that over Friday, Saturday, um, get a first round of edits um, to Dana, hopefully get the audio soon so we can start chopping that up into an album. And... Um, figure out the title because I want to listen to it again because uh, a couple of ad libs came up and I thought oh maybe that make, might make a good title um, <clears throat> maybe I'll throw it to the Patreon crowd uh, have, have a vote on title uh, which I can veto obviously but um, oh what a plug for the Patreon and fast forward 30 seconds of the podcast uh, yeah a lot of good stuff on the Patreon um, I'm not going to go in any further into the I basically did a, a recap of the show on Patreon of the taping uh, and the whole day and all the hijinks that ensued because obviously it couldn't go off without a hitch or six. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if you haven't joined the Patreon yet, uh, you're in good company. Approximately 8 billion humans on earth have not also, but, uh, if you want to join the few, the proud, the JL Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N. I anticipate uh, throwing up some clips from the special early on the Patreon page. Obviously, you got the monthly book reviews. Uh, I'm gearing up to do more sketch videos uh, late April and into May. Um, just taking a few, a few, gonna take a few weeks off and just assess my life um, and the role comedy plays in it. Uh, because I can tell you this right now, for the last month, my skin has been uh, very sort of irritated, dry, flaky, just sort of. Maybe I was like, what is this? Is this medicine I'm on? Is it stress? Well, um, less than two days after doing um, the special, through no change in diet, exercise, or medicine, my skin is as smooth as a baby's shoulder. That's right. This is a family-friendly podcast. I don't want you thinking about nude infants in any way other than their soft, smooth shoulders, uh, fully clothed other than that. But... Um, so yeah, I think that's just more medical advice, uh, medical proof that comedy is terrible for my health, um, <clears throat> mental, physical, spiritual. You know the big three. And uh, so we'll see. But obviously, but this, the taping went well. We're on day five hundred and twenty-seven of half blackface. Uh, not a word, not a not a notice, not an update. And I I kind of I'm trying to almost. It's very difficult, but I, I just want to want to kind of put it out of my mind. I want to almost pretend like it doesn't exist and just focus on the hour I just did, which uh, the righteous girlfriend gave a perfect assessment. No, you know what? I'll save that. That I said on the Patreon. I'll keep that exclusive for those people. Um, so, and I don't know. I'll put a poll on the Patreon maybe when, if I think of like three viable titles and see what people what people think. But then it's just going to be more disheartening when like the 102 Patreon people, I put up a free poll which requires a click of a mouse and then you just see like, oh, 17 people voted. Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it went it went well. That's that seems that seems pretty clear. Um, and uh, who knows? I just uh, you know I have I have one gig coming up in Red Bank, New Jersey on the 29th. So if you're anywhere near Red Bank, New Jersey, go to my website and, and get get your tickets. But beyond that, I sent out my booking email on Wednesday to clubs and, and everything. But 
the March email got zero replies from all the places that I've worked. These are and these are just the places I've worked. I'm not even trying to expand my reach at this point. You know, it's like, hey, your city's ignored me for nine years. I I think I I finally got the hint. <laughs> um, but you know, now I'm just patrolling all the places I performed, and and those don't aren't really coming through. So it might be just a mutual uh, mutual divorce between me and comedy coming up. But but I will send out those emails. Um, because as I've said for what I thought was only gonna be like a two month period, but I've been saying for about 15 months, 16 months, you know, I gotta, I, if I'm in this for the specials, then I'm in it until those come out and then I'll reassess, take a real serious look at, at, uh, you know, whether I should, uh, stick with comedy. Uh, I don't think I should. Um, but maybe, maybe I'll be able to convince myself otherwise for, for what reason I can't envision right now, but um, half blackface has been, uh, neutered basically through incredible amounts of ineptitude and apathy, uh, of its potential potency as a special in terms of timing. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. The more I see like biracial and racial stories in, in the, in, in features and news, I'm just like, wow, this, there's so much on half blackface that would be, that has been timely for the last year and a half, but you know. You've heard the story already, but then this new one, this new one, um, you know, I, I hope, I hope, I know the audio will be good. I hope the video, um, is, is good enough. Uh, it probably won't, I don't think I'm even going to try to do anything special with it. it. It'll probably just be a YouTube, um, like Patreon and, and YouTube, uh, kind of, kind of deal. But, uh, yeah. So thanks to everybody who came out though. I can say that on this episode, I don't have to save that for the Patreon. Um, yeah, it was a good night. Chris, Chris Lamberth, friend of the show, friend in real life, did a, did another great job uh, opening for me. Friends uh, said after both shows uh, that they really enjoyed his set because he opened for me in D.C. And then he, he went that extra mile and um, uh, took me and the Righteous Girlfriend back to New Jersey where we went to a diner at 2 in the morning. Uh, Chris didn't need anything. I, I, uh, that's when I knew the depths of his generosity because I just assumed 2 a.m. You got you to gotta fuel up. But uh, more disciplined than me, I sat there with a chocolate milkshake and a Belgian waffle. Righteous girlfriend got a grilled cheese with tomato, and then he dropped us off at home. We walked the Cook's Bear at three, and by we I mean righteous girlfriend. And uh, in our in our building area, okay, I didn't send her out into the mean streets of Bloomfield, New Jersey, at three a.m. Settle down, folks. And then uh, you know, hit the hay at like three forty, three. Uh, I think no, about four o'clock. I went to bed. And I said, ah, job well done. Boy, am I relieved. Finally, nothing to get up for. Let me get a good night's sleep. And I closed my eyes and woke up at 7.30 the next morning. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say the next morning? I meant uh, three and a half hours later. So now I have a little bit of a cold, I think, because <clears throat> of my inability to sleep. So um, we'll see. If sleep gets better this week, I woke up at 2 o'clock last night, uh, which, which is almost not sleeping. Going to bed at two and waking, uh, going to bed at midnight and waking up at two. That's that's actually I think doctors call that not a good night's sleep. But uh, you know, so maybe there's more demons uh, in me than than just comedy. Maybe I need to purge a, a whole lot of things, um, not just comedy. Maybe comedy is just part of a team ruining my life, and not maybe it's the star of the team. But but you know, there's a lot of good role players on the team uh, destroying my soul. So we've got to maybe find out and get a scouting report on all those other things that are. That are making my life miserable. Went to physical therapy this morning and uh, really like my physical therapist, but um, we're just in the hell phase now. Um, I'm gonna say I've never experienced the pain that I've experienced the last few sessions getting trying to get rid of this frozen shoulder. It there is a 15 to 20 second period each session where I genuinely fear that he's ripping my arm off. That's how it feels like mentally. If you did like hooked up wires to my brain, they'd be like, oh, wow, these are the same parts of the brain that are triggered when a predator rips an arm off. Uh, so and it has to be done. It's 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 really uh, it's it's today's session was was absolutely fucking brutal. And unfortunately, they all have to be brutal for the foreseeable future to get to get this frozen shoulder over because it was frozen for a long time. I have, you know, big arms and big shoulders and apparently big, gruesome, tough scar tissue that needs to just, and it's, God, but it was good. You leave saying to yourself, okay, you know, I know that I did good work today because it, 
because I wanted to kill myself for for six minutes during the hour. So I so that's how you know it's working. <laughs> Physical therapy when you want to kill yourself. That's how you know it's working. It's like the tingling of like a shampoo, <laughs> except um, instead of tingling, you are your palm. My palms start getting sweaty because I genuinely like. 30% of my brain is like, I think my arm's going to get ripped off. Uh, so that's just a, you know, I'm a, I'm a wordsmith. I, I paint pictures with, with words. So I thought I'd just give you that, that picture. Um, uh, but uh, I was supposed to see Dungeons and Dragons this weekend, but I, I couldn't. So now I'm seeing it tonight um, by myself. But I've realized something. I don't really like going to the movies by myself anymore. Like, I feel maybe this is a codependency. Maybe it's just I'm I'm weak. Maybe I'm getting old. But like, you know, my my world is is sort of very small, and and not just because none of my fans come out to shows, um, but because I just don't do a lot. Um, and obviously, you know, the pandemic followed by oh a year of freedom. Well, let's spend that 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 twenty. You know, 2022 has has only been a special disaster and surgeries, you know, three surgeries in the last 13 months. Um, but like when I do shit without the righteous girlfriend now, I just get like bummed. It's weird. Um, you know, and that's that's I think I said that on, on a podcast that I shared on the Patreon and on my Twitter uh, like last week. But it's one of those things I joked saying, you know, but you can't really turn your girlfriend into like an emotional support human. Um, I joked, I said, yeah, no, no, she can get on the plane for free. She just sits right next to me and listens to me bitch and makes me feel like I'm not alone in the world. <laughs> but um, but I am going to brave brave it. You know, my favorite part of going to a movie by myself now is not the movie. It's it's reading on the way because reading reading is like solitary in your own mind time. I like reading. But then I get to the movie and I'm like, oh, I don't have anybody to bother and to judgmentally look at me eating a large popcorn instead of a small. Um, but I will be. I am. Uh, today is the first day of the rest of my life and I have begun eating uh, in a healthy manner. Um, so at the movie, uh, I'm going to go small popcorn. Hashtag diet goals. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll start from there. Uh, and I'm going late enough that I can't even sneak into the Cheesecake Factory for a pre-movie dinner. Instead, I'm having a bowl of sweet potato soup here. Uh, as my as my dinner, because um, well, you can hear about how I'm built now uh, during when the new special comes out. But uh, this week is is a week full of content to give you a uh, preview. Tonight I'm seeing Dungeons and Dragons. Tomorrow night uh, I'm taking the Righteous GF to uh, Funny Girl on Broadway. Those tickets were not cheap, but when I got that big refund check, I said, "Well, we can do we can do a couple fun things, and the rest will go into savings." And by savings, I mean retirement. And by retirement, I mean things my girlfriend and nephews will re, uh, will 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 inherit when I pass away in my fifties. So um, we got Funny Girl tomorrow, and I don't know. I know it's I know it's fictional. It's just for fun. But uh, you know, Funny Girl, come on. How? <laughs> what kind of fantasy world is this? Uh, Wednesday, I'm seeing Super Mario Brothers with the RGF, uh, because when Jack Black does a voice for a cartoon, I go. That's my rule. Um, and then Thursday, it's The Righteous Nephew and The Righteous Girlfriend and me going to see Air, uh, the movie uh, about Michael Jordan with Ben Affleck playing Michael Jordan. So I'm looking forward to that. So it's a big week. And then Friday is Good Friday. It's the uh, most holy time of the year. So you know what that means. Hashtag Mel Gibson Blu-ray. Um... Yeah, that's that's one of those things. I really I own the Passion of the Christ on Blu-ray. I think it's a great movie. Um, I I found it powerful and moving, and I've watched it a few times around the Easter season over the years. But it's one of those things where it's very difficult because I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't know it's anti-Semitic, and then you're like, oh well, well Mel Gibson does say horrible things about Jewish people, um, and you're like, oh Jim Caviezel's a good actor though, and then he turns out to be like an anti-vax mega Christian psycho, and I'm like. The movie was still good. Can I, like, I don't, can I just, I really did think it was an excellent movie. Gruesome, but like powerful and excellent. And it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, can I just stop learning things about Mel Gibson and Jim Caviezel? Can I just, can I just like Passion of the Christ? Because like, 
when I knew nothing, I just watched it and was like, that's a really good movie. And then you have to start rethinking it. It's like, oh, Jim Caviezel, he's he's a psycho. He's of the psycho division of Christianity. Uh, I don't know. Was his acting good here or was it evil good? You know, Mel Gibson, when he's directing this, was he like, I love Jesus? Or he was like, I just really hate Jews. That's the only reason I'm making this movie. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, then this weekend is uh, focused on the special and, and the Lord. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's the week for you. So you'll at least hear about some of that content that I'm consuming. Uh, that's that's how, I, how I'm enjoying my semi-retirement from comedy now. It's to just spend lots of money on other people doing things. Um, and making things. So that's this week. Oh, and another big announcement. This actually is an important announcement. Hashtag fans to the 13 of you. Um, all my albums are now back streaming. It, it worked. Going through DistroKid. Uh, you know, the 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 licensing issue uh, took my stuff off for several months. So these are what I'm basically telling you is if you've never listened to my albums or you wanted to listen to some of my albums or... Um, you want to listen to them again, or you just thought, hey, JL doesn't like uh, selling t-shirts, but I can buy his albums to support him and get hours and hours of mirth in my life. Um, they're all up. Uh, they're on, I know they're on Apple and iTunes and Apple Music. Uh, they're on uh, YouTube Music, I was told. They're on uh, Amazon and Tidal. Uh, I don't submit them to Spotify because Spotify pays absolutely nothing. It's just me and Taylor Swift. Two, two titans of the industry, of our respective industries, fighting Spotify. Um, Pandora um, is connected with Sirius and most of my stuff. My new albums should go up soon when they're out. Like They, they should be eligible to be on Sirius and Pandora as soon as they come out. The last, you know, Hat Blackface and the one to be titled. But none of the old ones can be go up until this big lawsuit that kind of fucked me over in the first place is settled. And that might not settle till like the end of the year at the earliest. So... Um, if you want to hear my stuff or, or, you know, buy something of mine that, 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 that you'll enjoy and, and is important to me, you know, all the albums are up. So look for those, excuse me. And, um, also if you have listened to them, if you've bought them in the past or you stream them and you don't have to buy them or you don't want to buy them, or you've just listened to them in the past and you're like, Oh good. I'm glad they're back. But I've, I've heard all this stuff. I'm waiting on the new stuff. Um, Review, rate and review them, please. Rate and review one, two, three, four, five, or all six albums on whatever platform you prefer. Obviously, Apple is sort of the, the best one to do that on, but if you're not an Apple user, Amazon, um, maybe you don't use either, and I applaud you for that. But if you use one, go there and review a couple of them, um, or just give it five stars or whatever. Hopefully, you've listened to them uh, or will listen to them. But because uh, all the reviews are gone. Because, like, the old listings are gone. So, like, you know, albums that had, like, 80 reviews and, and like, you know, a thousand purchases are, are are starting from scratch. Like, it lists the correct release date, but starting from scratch. So, if you're able to, uh, you know, take some time and, and leave some reviews. Those those count, too. Um, yeah, so, so I guess that's good news. Because uh, I presume all of you are, are fans uh, if you listen to this podcast. So, so thank you. Um, I guess that's it on logistics and stuff. The only thing I was going to talk about, um, which has already been talked to death about was the, the women's NCAA finals. Cause I, uh, Oh, uh, I was, uh, catching some heat on Twitter, I guess I would say, uh, some of it was, was respectful. Some of it was, was not. Um, but I, it's one of those things where you sort of, sometimes I think most people who know me at all would, would know that I don't do things for, you know, I don't try to algorithm chase really. Um, you know, with the Trump videos, sure. There's a little bit of that, but you know what I mean? I don't, I try to, I, I don't really make provocative statements cause I, I check myself plenty of times because I'm like, ugh, the few times I've made jokes that I liked, but that all of a sudden get caught up in some sort of progressive, wormhole that fucking or uh, all of a sudden people are like you're a Pete, you're a fucking awful person like i like one the first thing that happened this weekend was was some fan and i you know i hope you could tell the sarcasm in that uh, hey and by the way um you should 
the blue check mark is gonna is gonna be a real symbol to everybody to unfollow you because I pay for Twitter Blue. I don't give a shit about the the check mark. You know what I mean? Like the check mark to me is like whatever. Um, I do it because then I can post longer videos and I have two specials coming out and I've waited all this time. And the good the good guys at Twitter, you know, the the, the good non Elon Musk leadership shadow banned me for two years. So so. This is a business at this point. I'm not making tons of friends on Twitter. I think I'm losing friends, but I'm not like it's 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 a business venture at most right now because I have two things coming out in the next hopefully 2 to 3 months. So reaching the most people, and by the way, the most people that already follow me, it's not even about putting out ads and trying to get new people. I just want the people who already follow me to see me and it doesn't the Elon Musk changes really don't seem to have uh, altered like how my videos get scenes uh, and, and posts. So, you know, ever since 2021, my, my Twitter account has been just sort of in a, in a vegetative state relative to the vibrancy it once held. And the, the bitter, the real bitter part of this is like every year I was on Twitter, I would have some t tweet that like when I only had like 3000 followers, I would have a tweet that would get like 80, like once I had a tweet, get like 25,000 likes. And then I had a tweet, get like, 80,000 likes or something. And that was before I was not 80,000, no, but 25,000, 10,000 like, but this was when I had a very small following, but, but, but it, my Twitter account had no stigma, no digital algorithmic stigma. So I, I still had hope. Like I still had a chance that a tweet would blow up, but I haven't had a tweet blow up that way in, in, uh, over two years, even though I have a, f a following, uh, a following of, of more than like 45 times what I had you know, in 2017, 2016, et cetera. So to me, it's, it's very weird to be getting moralized to by, by barely fans. Like that should be my, instead of only fans, it should be barely fans for me. Um, you know, who clearly don't go to shit. Like if you're reprimanding me on my Twitter account, then you don't listen to the podcast. You don't follow anything I do. You don't subscribe to anything I do. So it's, it's a, it, it takes a very gutsy uh, piece of shit to like moralize and reprimand how I operate my comedy career. And I know everybody's like, oh, I'll know you're a fucking tool if you have the blue check mark. I go, then so be it. Like anybody who's a fan of mine or a friend of mine would have to know that I'm not doing it for ego purposes. I'm not like, look at me. I'm verified by a fucking psychopath on Twitter. No, I'm, it's, it's a business decision. And... So I said to the person, you know, I basically just went off and, and said, and anybody who, who like actually is like, wants to judge me for this can fucking unfollow me. And then I had it like, like a handful of people going bye, and somebody gave me like a middle finger emoji. And I was like, who the fuck needs this? Like, and these are people who are following me. These are people who are following me, not strangers coming across my, my tweets. It's, it's like. Oh, okay. And and this is this is sort of what I see sometimes when when hot button issues happen on Twitter. My my account is not so much an opportunity to laugh with me or see the things I'm creating. It's just a platform to engage with that maybe since I have a lot of followers, your tweets will get seen. Um it, it's 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 fucking it's 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 loathsome. And yeah, like I, I can't imagine giving somebody a like you follow me and I say if you don't if you have a problem with me making a business decision on Twitter for eight dollars while you're technically on the platform I was on I was paying Twitter three dollars before for the same thing for like longer tweets and like certain basic uh, to to you know edit tweets and to post longer videos that's those are actually like good things for somebody who has made a big impact in, on their career on Twitter. So why wouldn't I pay for that? Because because I have to be morally against Elon Musk. Well, then I shouldn't be on Twitter, and that's okay too. But it's very odd to be getting lectured by people on Twitter about how I conduct business on Twitter. You know, like like the dividing line they've chosen is no, no, I stay on Twitter to to fight the fight or whatever. You know, like the same people who um, kept saying things like progressives would saying, "Are you leaving Twitter? I'm gonna stay and fight." And I go, no, no, you're, you're going to stay because you have a huge following on Twitter and you don't want to lose that. Like fight the fight. Your tweets were fighting the fight. No, 
I have people have thanked me for like my my videos like during the pandemic because it was like a depressing time and I appreciate that. But very few people have less than 5 have ever complimented me on like speaking truth to power and mocking Trump. I did have one European dude in Chicago who came from I think he had said he had like, you know, come from some communist country or something when he was younger or something like that or was very familiar with dictatorships. He was like humor is very important against tyrants. And I was like, okay, well, that means something coming from you, because I think you take that to heart and feel that. But most people who are like, I'm staying on Twitter to fight the fight. Um, you're not a fighter. <laughs> you're a full of shitter. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to be a fighter, but like this idea of like, I'm going to stay. And I'm just very transparent about this shit, because I, once again, my whole thing with being a comedian that I thought was part, one of the perks was like, yeah, I'm I'm transparent. I'm honest. I, I try to make people laugh, and I I like the what I perceived as sort of the no bullshit culture. But but that's a it's a myth. It's at this point, as I've always as I always say, comedy is just ugly ugly actors. All the shallowness of Hollywood without any of the really hot people. But excuse me. But that was like my first kerfuffle on Twitter was was over like admitting that I'm on like that I pay for the service. Like, I don't, I, am I supposed, like, the funny thing is, is like, am I in the spirit of Jesus Christ? Am I supposed to sacrifice my career so that people who don't support my career feel like I'm a worthy ally of theirs on Twitter? That's stupid. That's fucking dumb. Um, and I'm not going to hide the blue check mark either. I mean, now Elon Musk made it so that like lega, like old accounts will keep the blue check mark. But I wasn't going to hide my blue check mark because I was just like, it's judge me if you want. That means you don't really know my career or who I am. You just followed me for some videos and now think I'm all of a sudden morally bankrupt because I give $8 a month to Twitter for services that I was getting for $3 a month. And I made the decision that, yes, I will pay in the short term while these specials are getting made for this. But anyway, okay, I doth protest too much. It, it's very annoying, um, that part. But then um, I watched the women's final. And when I say I watched the women's final, I watched about seven to ten minutes of the women's final. Uh, and I watched about five to ten minutes of the semifinal because I, I kept seeing Caitlin Cook on, on social media, like, like, uh, like her stat line. Like it was, it was in the Elite Eight. I, I had no idea who she was. I had watched up until the final four exactly zero minutes of women's basketball uh, in the last probably decade. But when I saw she had a 40-point triple-double, I said, okay, well, that's I – don't, I don't care if there's no men playing on the court. That there is impressive. So I was just curious. And I think I saw a couple – maybe I saw a couple highlights. I don't even know if I did. But I remember when the women's final four was on, I – like I often do, I caught, I think it was the second half and I caught like five minutes of it and I didn't see any of the taunting or anything. Um, but I saw like, I saw on and off cause I think I was just like checking in and going like, Oh, I'll watch for two minutes just to see, you know, that there's that Caitlin cook player. She had a couple threes and blah, blah, blah. And then I flip back at the end to see them win. Oh, excuse me. And she did like a flex to the crowd. Um, I thought she was going to take off her shirt like, like was it Brandy Chastain in the 1999 Women's World Cup? Look at me talking all about women's sports here. Jeez, I guess comedy, quitting comedy. I guess I lost a lot of testosterone. Am I right, gentlemen? Um, so, no, it's the, it's the man boobs I've developed ever since getting frozen shoulder. Um, that's really making me see my feminine side. Uh, but... I, like she did a flex to the crowd and like had another 40 point game against South Carolina who's defending champs. And I was like, holy shit. And then I saw highlights. Okay. So I see highlights and they're showing her doing the John Cena face and they're showing her uh, telling somebody to shut the fuck up or something. And I was just much more curious about her. Like the fact that she basically plays the game like Steph Curry. Like I was just fascinated watching the, like the game highlights but here's the truth about me, and this might be misogynistic. In fact, it probably is. In fact, it is. But I've always 
I had a joke a while back where I said, hey, ladies, who likes sports here? Who likes sports? Oh, oh cool. You, you're big into sports? Cool. Your guy hates it when you talk sports. And I said, imagine if your guy knew a lot, either pretended to know a lot or actually knew a lot about something traditionally feminine that you and your friends talk about in like your space. And he was like always butting in with like stuff. You'd just find it a little annoying. Even if it was gender normative or sexist, you'd still be like, yeah, I get it. You know more about shoes than me. But it's like, can that be my friend? Like me and my friends, we just like the way we talk about shoes. Like you're a little, we just, I don't, I can't explain it. I just, so that was the joke. I used to get some chuckles, but the idea of like, yeah, when a woman's just, and, and now it's become more common. And I think that is less, that is, that is obviously, I feel that less. And I think many people feel it less because of exposure and, you know, you, you you put some hot women on TV talking about sports that distracts us. You get a, a legend like Doris Burke, who who I love listening to, and then all of a sudden, a decade or two goes by, and you're like, oh, I'm totally fine listening to uh, women talk about sports in short bites. So, so, but I've always had this thing when I see women talking shit or like showboating, I'm just like, I, I can't. I'm I'm being truthful with you. I just kind of roll my eyes because I'm like, oh. Like I associate that with men. I know that's not right, but that's that's like almost instinctive. It's not like a choice where I go, you stop that. That's a guy thing. I'm just like, oh, well, that's cute. <laughs> oh, you're doing the, the face. Thing. You know, you know, okay, you're doing the John Cena thing. Great. But um, that was the the extent of how I thought about it going into the finals. So. Um, you won't find a record of me hype, like, like criticizing, uh, Caitlin. And I just listened to Rod, uh, the black guy who tips who, who, um, who did mention me as I expected to be mentioned on the podcast where he was, um, taking to task, uh, the people who were lamenting the lack of class in, at the end of the, uh, in the finals in the, in the finals. So we'll get to that now. And sorry, if you're not familiar with this, it has been a very, pretty big story. Um, so I, I hope many of you are familiar, but, um, when I got to the finals, uh, I didn't know what channel it was on. So I said, uh, I don't know when this game is on. Let's watch Tetris. So we watched Tetris on Apple TV. Eh, I think the critics over overrated it. It's not a terrible movie by any chance, by any means. But it, I was expecting like social network level good. And I got like not that. So I don't recommend it. It's a take it or like you may like it. You may. But I was very like, eh, those two hours of my life, I, I, I didn't need to see that movie with all the content that's out there. So, like, in the middle of the movie, I said, oh, is the women's game on? I think I may have checked my phone or something. I said, oh, let's, let's see. Of course, you know, uh, Caitlin Cook is the entire reason I just want to watch a little bit of this game, just to see her game. And um, flip it on, they're getting their asses kicked by LSU. So I, I at this point, watch uh, about 15 seconds. And uh, go back to Tetris, but I, I didn't realize it was the third quarter. I thought they only—I didn't realize—I didn't realize women played quarters. I thought they—it was like men's game where they played halves. So when I saw like nine minutes left, I was like, "Oh man, second half, geez, okay, this game's over." So when Tetris is over, I, like the TV comes back on, and I'm like, "Oh shit, there's like six minutes or something left in the fourth quarter." And it had like gotten a little closer. I was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Are we gonna witness like some some legendary comeback by the by the by the like the player of the year?" And so I'm watching it, and you know LSU is just in command, and they never get it closer really than I think seven or eight. So then I just want to watch to see like, oh well, we might as well fucking watch the like the the champion get crowned, like see the see the moment, the the moment, the final moment of the tournament, and uh, uh what's her name? Christ, what the fuck is her name? Reese? Is it Angel Reese? I know it's Reese. Angel Reese. Oh, yeah, she comes right up. She's been trending. Good for her. I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> Angel Reese um, is at the foul line. Is like at the foul, like, this is like with a minute left, maybe? Is at the foul, like somebody's shooting a foul shot, and she's standing right next to, to Caitlin Clark, and she gives Caitlin Clark the John Cena the, the you can't see me gesture that Caitlin Clark was doing all tournament. And in my, you know, if I'm being honest, I just looked at it and I was like, eh, same, like same reaction. I was like, eh, more women taunting each other. Eh, amateur hour. I know. I know that's, that's wrong in its own way. That's what I thought. Um, but I'm also, I played basketball 
for many years. And uh, I talked shit. I had shit talk to me. I got into scuffles. Uh, I called people motherfuckers. Um, I threw, uh, 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 you know, uh, sort of run-of-the-mill piece of shit on a basketball court. But I'm watching the end of the game, and I'm like, okay, wow, oh, she lost. Okay, good for LSU. They really whooped. They, they just set a record with, like, most points ever in a game. Great. I just saw, uh, like, eight minutes of women's hoops history. But then I saw with like six seconds left as the clock is just, you know, that five, four, you know, where they just, they're dribbling out the clock to the end of the game. Reese, like kind of, oh, I don't want to say hunts down because then somebody might think I'm using aggressive language, but tracked, can I say tracked, tracked down Caitlin Clark and like gave her the, 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 the John Cena again and like kind of kept like kind of walked around her kind of wanting to get in her eye, eye line, I assume, and then hit her with the, like pointing to her ring finger as if you don't have a ring. And when I saw that, I just, my instinct was, and I wrote it, I said, that was trashy. Now, um, by saying that, I joined a in, in, in a, a large debate that was going on, longly, uh, largely along racial lines. Um, unfortunately, the language used by other people was not so uh, impersonal. People, you're a fucking, Keith Olbermann called her a fucking idiot, I think. Uh, Portnoy of Barstool Sports said, you're a, a fucking piece of shit. And I didn't know that at the time. I just thought it was like track I, I i thought it was unsportsmanlike like and of course people go oh well no it's 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 trash talk is by nature unsportsmanlike so you're either for it or you're against it regardless of context but what i would say is and now here's what i'd say because because a friend or i don't even know if he's a friend because he kind of picks every every it seems like every 18 months uh he chooses to do some some heavy bag work on me on social media for some take that that he can sort of uh i don't know illustrate that i'm not one of the good guys or whatever um one of the first ones was about my uh incessant mocking of the seriousness with which black people were taking black panther one um because it was somebody who thought when i made a joke about white women taking pictures in front of wonder woman but not hidden figures, which was out at the exact same time. That was a good joke. That was an excellent social commentary about how white women are pieces of shit. But when I mocked the like hallowed, revered status, I mean, you had fucking people, you had celebrities. I'm not, this is not a fucking joke. I mean, this is part of the joke. But you had celebrities like taking uh, classes like uh, of, of 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 children. Uh, you know, taking the day where, where, where I rented out the theater, the, the class is coming to, to Black Panther as if it was a fucking real story. I felt that was intellectually and humorously consistent to mock both. But I was told that this person at the time and we seem to have patched things up. But, you know, he, he, he told me he, he didn't understand why I was going so hard and that he saw me differently after that. OK, uh, well, this person went kind of hard on me again in a way I thought was, uh, but well, basically here to, 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 I've given you my background, exactly how much women's hoop I, hoops I watched, what I thought of the taunting. Here's my honest opinion. And I tried to be nuanced when I was getting kind of pushback. Like some people are like, yes, I agree. It was terrible. And other people were like, uh, Caitlin Clark did it too. And I said, okay, let me, let me give you my thinking, which was, at the end of a championship game, not the fact that it was in the championship game, because I didn't think shit of her at the foul line, like with a minute left. I was like, oh yeah, that's a, like an in-game taunt. But it was like going, it was the it was the finding her as the game ended and taunting her that I thought was uh, 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 problematic. Because, and here's the thing, what I would ask people who think I'm full of shit, because then I was being get called a hypocrite. And I said, well, you can't, it's not hypocrisy. Like that, what, what you're, you're, you're either accusing me of being a liar or a racist, but you're not accusing me of hypocrisy because there is no, there is no track record or evidence of a contra contradictory opinion. I had watched exactly five minutes of women's basketball before then, or 10 minutes 
and only saw the shit in highlights. And, and, and what went through my mind is if, if I had written what I thought, exactly what I thought when I saw Caitlin Clark do the John Cena, if I had tweeted, so lame when, when women athletes try to taunt each other, I don't think that tweet would have gone over well. Now, it would have shown, I guess, more rigid consistency, but I would have been uniformly roasted for that one. And I, of course, didn't share it because even though it would have been a joke, that's just sort of like, yeah, I've already admitted that's some sort of like inherent bias in me um, that considers, you know, taunting and trash talk more the realm of men. Okay, there. First step to doing the work is admitting you have a problem. But tell me the championship game, because maybe I'm missing it, that ends with the best player on one team getting in the face of the other best player and going basically the gest gestures in their face of you lost in your face kind of shit. I can't think of it. But what I can think of is, and I'm a big, I'm a, I'm big into like the, you know, when it comes to baseball, I'm always mocking the white dudes who are like, you play the game the right way dudes where I'm like, and yet when Bryce Harper doesn't play the game the right way, it's somehow not as offensive as when a Latin dude doesn't play the game the right way. Like when Bryce Harper flips his bat and uh, 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 struts, it's the coolest shit on, on the planet. I have tweets about that, about those double standards. But here, this didn't strike me as a double standard because I, I've i never seen that. And maybe, hey, maybe Angel um, Reese is a, is a pioneer in trash talk. Maybe 20 years from now, we'll be talking about how she changed the game and brought extra swagger and bravado to, to championship winning. But imagine this. If Steph Curry, and people can point to him, he was doing the ring thing mid-game, but if Steph Curry walks up to J Jason Tatum, now maybe that's a bad example. If, ah, better example. If Jason Tatum, if the Celtics beat the Warriors last year and Jason Tatum who saw Steph Curry doing the ring thing with, you know, five minutes left in the game or a quarter left in the game. If not, if he does that when he hits like a game winning shot, but if he, or, or a big bucket late in the game, but if the, the balloons have are, are about to fall, the clock has gone and he walks at, instead of jumping up and down with his teammates, takes just the first moment to walk up to Steph Curry and get in his face and point to the ring finger Steph Curry might not swing at Jason Tatum, but I'm pretty sure Draymond Green swings at Jason Tatum. And we would all say, oh, you can't do that if you, you got to back it up and win. But like, I think that's one of the reasons you don't see that in men's sport. I cannot think of an example. And if you know one, feel free to share where the first moment of a champion. And, and by the way, uh, what's her name? I keep forgetting Angel Reese had already kind of gotten her taunt in late in the game. For me, I just found it gross. The let me go out of my way as at, like at the moment we win to just really hammer home the point that I'm taunting this person who obviously, you know, didn't. And, and, and people kept saying to me, like, if she can dish it out, she should take it. And I was like, I think Caitlin Reese, Caitlin Clark took it. Like, I don't think anybody's arguing that she, like, pouted or, like, told, made a rude gesture or got physical. I mean, I think she did take it. So she knows the score. She knows, like, I talked that shit. And she's claiming to have, like, not seen it and been focused. She's saying all the, like, team things. But I'm sure she saw it. But she's played it correctly because she talks that shit. So she does have to take that shit. I'm just saying when I saw that postgame and people, like, Here's the thing. People are saying, no, it's, it's, you're, you're softening it. You're a hypocrite. You're the, and I go, it's not hypocrisy. You, you either think I'm lying or, or this is, this is my honestly held belief, or you think I'm a racist. Those are the three, like the hypocrisy is not an option because there is no hypocrisy here. I'm saying right now, if Caitlin Clark had won the championship and upon winning went up to Angel Reese and and start pointing at her finger, I would have said, great player, but that was shitty. That I mean, now you can you can say you don't believe me, but then you're saying I'm a liar. Um, but that is what I would say. First of all, because I don't have my fucking stock 
built up in the women's game. So like, it would be very hard for me to gain a, a deep attachment to Caitlin Clark over the 11 minutes of women's basketball that I've watched this year. But I would, I would have said it because I think that's, and it would, because it would be so out of character for winning in terms of what I see in sports all year round. When, when a team wins, they, it seems like they just collectively celebrate and that's it. Like, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, you know, didn't didn't gloat on Isaiah Thomas. But when it, when they didn't shake the hands of the Bulls, that became like legendary. That fucked Isaiah Thomas's career up for not acting properly at the end of like a, a, a series, a playoff series. So there there is precedent for people hold, you know, Michael Jordan, the champion of champions, basically got Isaiah Thomas kicked off the fucking dream team for being rude <laughs> the year before. So, um yeah, I just I think that is that was honestly what I thought. And I I you know, and then a person told me that I was like the same the same as Dave Portnoy who called her a piece of shit. Um now uh I think that's ridiculous. But when somebody wants to make a point, um part making a ridiculous point is part of the point. Um then I was told I was not uh you know, my con I said, well, context matters. I gave you the context of my opinion. That's how I felt or my feeling of my feeling. The context of my feeling was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't like, I've never seen that. Like I said, I don't see that at the NBA finals. I don't see it at the world series. Like, like in the world series, oh, we just won the world series. Let me just run over to the dugout of the other. No, there's always a pylon on the mound or at the plate. There isn't a guy running over to the bench saying, fuck you, and then running back to his team. To, like, you've never seen that. So when I say it, I had a bad feeling about it, it's it was, it was something unfamiliar. I've never seen someone do that. And I thought it was, as I said, trashy. I didn't say this person's a piece of shit or a fucking asshole or an idiot. I don't think those things. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that. But I thought that was bad. And... You can either believe me uh, and th or, or you can think I'm lying to myself or that I'm a liar or that I'm a racist. And that because the woman was black, I thought it was a, a hostile act. And when Caitlin Clark talks trash, I actually think it's super cool. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, like I went, like people have been showing the video of her doing it at the foul line. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that has nothing to do with my issue. My thing was like, you already got your like one minute left in the game. You're going to win the title. And, but you made sure to hunt her down, excuse me, track her down, uh, at the end of the game, not to, not to shake hands or say what's up or like great, hey, competitor, competitor. And I know nobody's obligated to do that, but that's, you, we've seen many great rivalries that still end with like sportsmanship um i just i don't know i don't know why that's so hard to see that as unique but then at the same time because pieces of shit express shitty vulgar personal attacks does that mean i have to just go and go well i don't want to be associated with them so i guess i just won't have my opinion or feeling because um they they are they they might strike somebody who's looking at this simplistically and black and white literally and figuratively as part of the problem no so that's 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 my take on that um i'm over it uh but i just i don't know why that was um you know and i tried to give clear context to why i thought what i thought but um, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, a, a, a side of the Dave Portnoy coin, apparently, of of anti-black woman hate. So, um, yeah, that's another reason to get off social media. You know, is uh, sometimes people like to use you to prove their points, even if it doesn't really fit, um, because there's going to be enough people telling me that I'm dead wrong for. Whether it's paying $8 to Elon Musk or thinking that a post-championship game in-your-face taunt is uh, a little beyond uh, the, the parameters of sportsmanship. But 
That is what I think. So I guess I'm part of the problem. Whoopsie, whoopsie. Um, but congrats to LSU. If any LSU players listen to the uh, to the podcast, congratulations. You have whooped the shit out of Iowa. Um, and uh, your coach dresses weird. That's my other take. So I think that's it. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not like I'm, I I I I don't think I came across on this podcast or on Twitter as uh, Caitlin Clark's uh, defense attorney uh, for her her white fragility. Um, she seemed like a, a humorless, smug, incredible player. Um, and I just think my example is when she when they beats when they beat South Carolina, she flexed to the fans. Like she didn't continue her her taunting and her trash talk uh, once the game was over, possibly because she didn't care about taunting or or she knew like well when the whistle goes like I'm I'm moving on no need to no need to rub salt in the wounds now, um, so I I like and this is the other thing like if she did it like I said I would I would have had the same reaction but. I'm very little invested in this other than just that was my feeling. And if you think my feeling was coming from some sort of white supremacy, half white supremacy, new album title. Um, I don't think that. <laughs> and I've tried to articulate my actual reasons for thinking why I do. But, uh, you know, it's it's why use a scalpel when a sledgehammer makes you feel good on social media. So on that note, um Comedy, my skin is clearing up, so comedy clearly is bad for my health. Social media is bad for personal relationships and my health and my enjoyment of life, which is minimal anyway. So we're going to flood the brain with content this week, and there'll probably be, I'll probably give you another bonus podcast uh, the end of this week um, for the Patreon folks. So hopefully you can get up on uh, some of the shit I do. Or, or help me out with the albums. If you've been looking to listen to some of the albums, go go buy them, go stream them, give a good review. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're anywhere near Red Bank, that's right now the only show I have left before uh, I sail off into the comedy sunset. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks to everybody who came out. Like I said, the recap episode is on the Patreon. But, uh, yeah. Um, I got to go back and do some more work for the day job that I hopefully will have for the next five to 20 years. And then I will see, what's that movie called again? Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. I just hope Chris Pine doesn't talk any trash during the movie. But even more so, I hope, Reg, Reg, what's his name? Reggae Jean Page or something? I don't know. If he talks trash, I'll really have a problem with it. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday.